Yo, we're back with another episode of Big Ten Coast to Coast. It's your boy at right along with Matt. What's up, man? Yo, what's up? What's up? You had a great weekend this weekend. Can you, uh, a lot of your predictions from last week or some of the stuff we talked about at the end of last week's podcast or uh, last weekend's podcast, that is, um, ended up coming true. And then um, well, Michigan did their job against Indiana, did the bare minimum, but they did it. Um, so good weekend for you. Yeah, decent, 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 decent. Um, the week started off on Friday, you know, Nebraska Rutgers, which was actually pretty entertaining. Uh, Rutgers came out and played well in the first half and then, and then second half goes and they can't move the ball. And, and then Nebraska ends up, uh, winning the game in the fourth, you know, getting their, Getting their last touchdown there and getting the the uh, the game winning extra point, you'd say. So Nebraska is two and one. They are tied. I know it's early, but they are tied for first in the Big Ten West with I believe uh, Purdue and Illinois. So things that we didn't see yep. coming into this year, especially uh, Illinois and Nebraska, right? I would say so. Yeah, I think. Well, actually, I'm not going to say so. I, I would say Illinois, I saw going in this year. Um, I thought Chase Brown was the real deal. And um, I think Brett Bleem is a fantastic head coach. So, especially for like, he's not like a top tier head coach, right? He's not a Lincoln Riley. He's not a Nick Saban. He's not a Jim Harbaugh. He's not a Ryan Day. But he's got to be on the list of names that are in that tier right below them. And so the fact that Illinois has got a coach like that um, just elevates their program so much. So I would say Illinois, I'm not surprised about, but I would say I'm more surprised that Nebraska given off, given how they started the season has recovered so quickly to be fair. Their two big 10 wins are Rutgers and Indiana. And you saw how Indiana played on Saturday. (laughs) So it's not, it's not super impressive, but they're winning games that they're supposed to win, which last year they didn't do very well. And so you look at this Nebraska team and their schedule and you go, it's theirs to win, right? It, 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 they can do whatever they want with it, right? They're, they play at Purdue. If they, if they want to show that they're for real, they play well in that game. Then they have Illinois and Minnesota at home. Minnesota, if, if Ibrahim's still out, is very beatable. So you start looking at their schedules. Like if you beat the teams ahead of you, all of a sudden you can find yourself losing at home to Georgia Southern and losing to Northwestern to start the year. And this Nebraska team could find themselves in Indianapolis come, you know, December, which is incredible. And I think would obviously earn their current head coach, their, um, their, you know, their, uh, their sit-in head coach right now, a, a, a shot at the job, right? You'd, ha- you'd have to put his name in, right? Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think so, too. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to get there with, like, their defense. Like, maybe they've, they, they've gained some confidence in the last couple games where they're finally believing in themselves a bit more. We'll see. Um, but if if they can get their defense right, I think it gives them a shot to compete. I'm not saying that yeah. that they're going to get there, but 
I mean, man, when you're looking at a you're 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 you're, you're, you're looking at a Nebraska team who has, in my opinion, winnable games coming up. I mean, you have they do have to go to Michigan, but mm-hmm. outside of that, you have five Big Ten West teams, and it's going to be crazy when you fire Scott Frost uh, after losing to Georgia Southern. You're one and two. You're sitting duck. And if this team becomes bowl eligible, I mean, you got to, like, I think the, the Nebraska admin are going to have a uh, an interesting time with that where they'll probably say, yeah, hey, you, you did a great job. We'll try to convince the next head coach to keep you on in some shape or form. Um, but un- unless this team, like, wins the Big Ten West – I think that's the only way that this guy is going to be able to keep that job because at the end of the day, Nebraska is more than, hey, we're bowl eligible, whoopee. Hey, we're seven and five, whoopee. You know what I mean? Nebraska's history is like, hey, yeah, we need to compete for Big Ten championships. We need to be able to get to a, a point where, hey, look, a couple things go our way. We can get to a CFP. And they're looking at this down the road in three, four years when the CFP does go to 12 teams, right? Now it's not a pipe dream anymore. We, we, we yeah. talked about this with like uh, with yeah. um, an Indiana team. It's like, hey, look, it's not a pipe dream that you could be in the college football playoff. Like all you need to do is just have one solid year. You can find a way to get to 10 wins. You find a way to get to 10 wins, you put yourself in a yep. really nice – Especially exact, in the, the Big Ten West. Exactly, exactly. You find yourself to you know, be in a really nice situation, losing in the Big Ten championship. Hey, second place in the Big Ten, you're still going to be a 10, 11, or 12 seed when it comes to the uh, college fo- football playoff. Maybe it puts you in the conversation. And if you're in the conversation every three years – you're gonna, you're that's that's gonna be your job for a long, long time. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, I think Nebraska is in a good spot right now. Even if they end up, let's say, let's say if they at best win two more games, I still think a five and seven season for them, the way things are looking through the first three games, is actually really decent. And by the way, that, that guy we we're talking about, the assist or the current, whatever, the caretaker head coach, if you want to talk about it that way. Um, it's Mickey Joseph, by the way. So we're putting a name on him. So Mickey Joseph, uh, he should get his name put in somewhere for head coaching job, just for the job he's done the last two games with this team. Right. They, that their defense was abysmal. And then they go to Rutgers and they allow 13 points in four quarters. Like, yeah. you know, Rutgers doesn't have like a world beating offense, but that, that team believes in itself again. So this guy deserves a shot somewhere. For sure. For sure. Um, then let's, uh, there have been a lot of Ruck, Rutgers fans who were like, it's like, it's like, Ishiano, it, da, 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 da. I'm like, look, bro, you are sitting here at three and three. Yes. You're on three in the big 10, but it's not like, it's not like this. Owen three is like a Chris Ash. Owen three, right? Like against Iowa, against yeah. Iowa, just take care of the football and it's a game. Ohio State, that's always going to be a tough game. Then against Nebraska, you're leading at halftime. If this was Chris Ash, did he loses every game here by 50 points? Every single game. 
he loses to Temple. He loses to Temple. He loses to Boston College yes, too. Yes. So I this this Rutgers team has had three home games, and two of them have been against Nebraska and Iowa. Like usually, you know, our Rutgers like playing. Uh, like as a bit power five school, right? Usually you have three home games to start, and it's three winnable home games. And three winnable. no, they went to Boston College and they went to Temple right. and played, and they beat both of those teams. Now Temple's not fantastic. You good? This guy's toy is so loud. Walker, that is really loud. Yeah, Walker just like he like just got a new toy, and it just like flew past past me. It's like woo woo woo, like the loudest fire. Bro, I, I thought the cops were in your house. I was <laughs> like, what is, what is happening? <laughs> oh no, man, this fire truck is just really, really loud. Really, I got it. I got it. I got it. Is it? <laughs> you stop talking, and I'm just like, okay, okay. That's how I know that that was really, really loud. <laughs> that was so Are loud. Are you good? <laughs> You good? Yeah, because that's not like the sirens. Like, well, obviously the sirens were in your house, but I was like, I was like, you can hear. I heard it like a like almost like a regular cop car. Like I heard it like pull up, and then it kept like getting louder and louder and louder. I was like, are, are, is is Ant getting swatted right now? Like, what is what is happening? I'm surprised I haven't been swatted yet. I'm really surprised. Well, you're, like you're well, surprised. I don't stream. Well, I don't stream. I don't yeah. stream. So. But like, but yeah, like I'm still surprised that I haven't had any. You think you got haters? Like, oh man. yeah, oh yeah, hundred percent, bro. Yeah, bro. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta, I gotta start looking out for myself. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's just a lot scary, of it is man. just a lot of it is just just really weird, really weird energy at times, like real, real weird energy, and I'm not sure if it's. I'm not sure if it's envy. I'm not sure if it's like, uh, like they don't understand, like they don't understand like how I'm able to do some things, and just because of that, they're like, they're like, oh, well, he's, you know, it's always something devaluing whatever I'm trying to do. It's they go straight to how could I devalue this? How could I say it's not what it is? You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah, it's literally weird. It's just jealousy, right? I don't know. Yeah. If, you know, it could be that, but I think it's at the end of the the day, it's just um, you know them just trying to just like devalue whatever I'm doing, just whatever it is, just devalue it. Like 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 this is not valuable. Like this is not good. Da, da, da. So you know what? It's all good. No That's man, it's all good. Well, speaking of devaluing. Well, speaking of devaluing, <laughs> Rutgers should not devalue how important it is for them to give Shiano a chance. Okay? Yes. Yes. Like you got to understand. Like I get it. I I actually appreciate from a perspective like an Indiana fan. I I, pers- I appreciate that Rutgers wants to be better than where they are at in the pecking order in the Big Ten. Like I, yeah. that's admirable. Right? You want to get better? So is Shiano the guy? Chill, fuck out. Is was second year, second year in charge. Nah, he's been there for third. He's been there for a little bit. I don't, I don't remember how long he's been there for. But they've gotten I better just, every time he's been in charge. Yeah, for sure. Like they just went to a bowl last year. They just went to a bowl last year. They just went to a bowl beaten, last year. It's not like they haven't beaten a power five team. They went to Boston College to begin the year and won that game in a close game. 
Like, yes, their offense has only scored 33 points in the last three games, which is really so bad. Shiano came in. Shiano came in a couple months before Tucker did, I believe. So two years. Yeah, so this is his third year. Got the COVID year, then you got yeah, last so year, be, then this year. Yeah. And he yeah, had a, this is his third year. And he had Rutgers at five and seven last year, and they went to a bowl game. They can still make it to five and seven. They have a very winnable game in two weeks against he Indiana to, at home. They went to the Gator Bowl in year two. Gator Bowl. Yeah. Gator Bowl, year two as Rutgers. Like, come on. Come on. It's winnable. It's it the season is not over. You have an Indiana game. You have Minnesota who's looked shaky, um, especially without their star running back. I think I've said that already once in this podcast. Michigan State yeah. looks very beatable. And then you have Maryland, who you can beat. You're not gonna beat Michigan or Penn State. That's fine. Didn't expect you to, anyways. Okay. So there's well, one. Michigan two, State, three. Maryland, Minnesota, Indiana. All the games remaining outside of the two ranked games that you play are absolutely winnable if you're a Rutgers fan. Mm-hmm. So Calm down. Even if they go five and seven for a second year, you take a look at your offense and how they are doing. If you can end up somehow going five and seven this year with the transfers you also had out of the program, like yeah. I, I would say that's good, right? I would say that's a good season, and that's a, that's something you can build on, right? It it it's better than having one good season and then taking a step back, right? I I really do mm-hmm. think that this Rutgers team will end up at five and seven. So, like, staying consistent, there's a there's a spot, there's a place for that in the Big Ten, like at five and seven, and then you can build off of two years that look, you can get to six and six next year, maybe even seven five, right? Like, the, and the way that your defense is playing as well, if you're if you're a Rutgers fan, I think is is great outside of the Ohio State game, but you ran into like an absolute buzzsaw in Ohio State, I think. So, right, like, which, I, yeah, yeah, there's 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 only. Well, one or one or two teams per year that's going to be able to, to go into the Ohio State game and say, "Hey, look, you know, some people think that we can truly win this game off of like no homer stuff, you know." And yeah, so, you know, it's, nope. it's all good. It's all good. I'm trying to look at um. So Rutgers fan, chill out. <laughs> I'm trying to look at uh Rutgers 2023 schedule. What that looks like. Um. Because I'm I'm interested to see what they got. They got Virginia Tech at home. That's a tough one. They got Temple at home. Ohio That's a fun game, though. Yeah. Um. But the Big Ten schedule is wiped out. Yeah, they don't, they don't have the Big Ten schedule yet. I think that's mostly because I don't think anybody knows what the Big Ten schedule is going to be next year. I know. Year. I, the I USC, UCLA. The yeah. Yeah, because like, they used to have the schedules up for – like the next like three or four years, uh, but because of the yeah, but stuff. at least they have the non-conference schedule because uh, like that it, that's the only thing that really changes right from year to year right. so far. But we'll see what they do with the Big Ten schedule then. Year that'd be a fun thing to talk about at the end of football season, like looking into next year. Oh yeah, what they're gonna do? Are they gonna get rid of divisions? They gonna just move like Purdue over? Like what's gonna happen here? I'm gonna do a. Uh, I'm gonna just make. I'm gonna just say what the divisions are gonna be. I'm, I'm gonna put all the best teams in the East and all the worst teams on the left side. <laughs> yeah, you can put all the best teams in the East, and you can just put Indiana at the bottom there. They'll somehow, <laughs> up somehow. You'll get so you'll get some traction on the Indiana fan forums because they'll be like, he understands, he knows, he gets it. This guy gets it. He gets it. 
Oh, man. Um, all right, let's move on to Ohio State. We spent a lot of time on Rutgers, Nebraska. Let's go to Ohio yeah, State, Michigan State. This was a game where uh, you you kind of felt that Michigan State was coming in with, what was it, like two straight or three straight losses? Um, and you kind of felt that this was a really rough time to walk into an Ohio State game. Uh, this is a game where you want to play in, in Indiana. You want to play a Rutgers. You want to get Northwestern at home, but no. No, they got o- Ohio no. State. No. So my Michigan State friends, there are two ways I can look at this game. I can be like, you guys scored 13 points in the first half, or you shut them out in the fourth quarter. Which one would you rather be going? <laughs> because, to be fair, look, this Michigan State's not going to go anywhere because they have zero, zero defense. They play no defense at all. Yeah. Um, I I would challenge any unit in the Big Ten um, to go up against Michigan State's secondary to see who is the worst. Um, and I, I'd be hard pressed to find one that's worse than theirs. Maybe Indiana's offensive line. We'll get to them in a second. But um, you so you're never going to win this game. But they did keep it from looking like way uglier than what I thought it was. I don't remember what the line was at game time, but I'm also fairly certain. Yeah, so they didn't cover, but they kept it close. I thought they were going to lose by forty at home. They put their, you know, lose by twenty nine. Ohio State did put their third stringers in in the in the third quarter. Yeah, I know, but you know, what's Ohio State's third stringers are also still four and five star. They're also really good. They're also really yeah. So it was forty nine thirteen, and the one and the one touchdown was a pick six. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They did only score six points in offense. I think the score was twenty. It was as close as twenty-one to thirteen at one point. Yes, twenty-one thirteen. I think that's right because I was I was looking at this on my phone. Yeah, all I have to say about this game really is that Ohio State should be the number one team in the country. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think they are clearly a class above everybody else. What we saw from Alabama last night, especially depending on how long. Um, Bryce Young is out for um, – I think Georgia's looked beatable. Yeah. Ohio State so far has shown – outside of the Notre Dame game, which is the first game of the year, they kind of started off slow. They've really shown no cracks in the armor since then. There's no chinks there. Um, I think their defense has uh, taken my questions and then shoved them back down my throat again um, after watching them play. And their offense is just elite. So yeah. – um, and she just she just was twenty one of twenty six for three hundred and sixty yards. Like what the fuck, man? He he picked them apart. Six touchdowns. Like he picked them apart. And um and these were just He's going to be an elite, elite NFL QB. Is he? He's going to be so good. Is he though? Team. I think so. He's so accurate. He's going to it's be no, so it's an Ohio good State somebody. quarterback. It's an Ohio State okay, quarterback. Like, you can't fit people no 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 no. You can't you can't just fit people in, into molds of like previous QBs because, like, why not? He, he's Justin Fields is going to be fine in the NFL. I think Bears fans will probably kill me for saying that. I still think he's going to be fine. 
See, but Cardell see. Jones, he looked into getting into the draft the way he did. So, like, don't put him in the same category as Ohio State quarterbacks. He's also Listen, better. C.J. Stroud, yeah. wide receiver. Watch. You think no, so? I don't think so. No, but <laughs> that's I a, didn't think so. I think that's, that's, that's a stretch. No, but but I I think there's something about Ohio State system that holds back their development as pros, as college players. It's perfect for college development. Their system caters caters to the quarterback very very well, but I don't think they're they're not being taught a couple of very basic things. I don't know what that is, but they're not being taught very a couple of very basic things, and that that does not translate to the NFL. And I and I think there's so many things in place in an Ohio State offensive yeah. system that's not in place in the NFL, and that's why so many of them struggle. Well, this is, I have to disagree with you here. Off the basis of that Ohio State system usually has been based off of dual threat QBs, right? And in college, they work out really well because if you, you know, can't really read coverages, if you can get five, six yards on a QB keep, like you're going to be able to keep drives alive and give yourself more chances to to run more plays. CJ Stroud has only ran the ball 10 times this year in six games. He's thrown for 160 times for 113 completions, and he's averaging 11 yards of throw down the field. He's also 24 touchdowns and three interceptions. I love Justin Fields. I think he's a great QB. I think he's going to do well in the NFL. But the thing about Justin Fields was that he was an absolute tank that you couldn't bring down. Stroud looks like a lima bean, Okay. And he's able to sit back there and throw the ball under pressure, under duress when he needs to, able to get out of the pocket, extend plays, look down the field. Those guys get second contracts in the NFL. Guys that run the ball for first downs um, and, and try to truck people over at QB have a hard time getting a second contract. I, I think Stroud is a guy that's going to get a second contract in the NFL. And I think he's going to be a top draft pick because of it. And he's got elite – Elite accuracy. Someone is, you know what? It's really the cop here. Pop All right. <laughs> so listen, 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 listen. When it, okay. it's really easy to hit receivers that are always getting five to seven yards of separation. That's another reason. It's another reason yes, why. Yes, this is true. Like, it's not like he's making these tough throws. Like he's he's playing catch out there because these receivers they're just they they run like they run at well like a like a four two four three four four is the slowest one yeah right and they're beating these DBs constantly yeah they're getting mashed up on safeties constantly in the NFL these quarterbacks. They're having to make like we're talking to like if if a if a if a receiver gets a foot of separation, that's considered wide open. Right? Can can Stroud yeah. can Stroud make that type of throw 
when he hasn't really been used to making that throw while he's at Ohio State? Can he make that type of leap? I think that's also the issue. I I think he can from what I've seen. But I also – I get the sentiment that, yes, he's literally throwing to, you know, wide open wide receivers every three seconds, right? Especially against Michigan State, that's what he was doing. Can't right. Or anybody. Just the biggest plays after the biggest plays after the – like every single time, just big play after big play. I don't even know how many – 20 plus yard gains like they had in in that game. I just felt that Michigan State let him do whatever he wanted to do. And I don't think there was anything that they could have done to stop him. That's the thing. Yeah. I want to go back to your NFL quarterback point because I think it's interesting. I just dawned on me. I think that there's a bit that some of these, you know, if you go to Alabama, if you go to Ohio State, if you go to Oklahoma, Right, of course, there's outliers to these like Kyle and Murray, right? But you you barely get really good quarterbacks for the NFL that come from these gigantic programs, right? And that's mostly because they don't face any adversity. I think I think there's a there's a little bit of a point to that. I think Stroud's gonna be another outlier, but these guys like that sit behind basically NFL offensive lines um, in college and have NFL off you know receivers and running backs, they get pampered, right? And they go to the NFL. Right. And they have to make a hard throw. They have to make a hard decision with the best people at their craft doing it right in front of you. And they panic because they've never been in the situation before. It's right? like they're on, like, rookie difficulty, you know? Exactly. And the other exactly. team is so trying there, so hard. <laughs> there, is, there is a bit – yeah, there is a bit of a – there is a bit of a reason for that. And that's why, like, it's always weird to me that I, I look and I see somebody like, I, Wentz is going to be a terrible example. He goes to, like, North Dakota State or – um, you have Will Levis this year at Kentucky, and they're like, how do these guys just, like, develop into NFL QBs out of, like, nowhere? And it's like they have to learn how to throw the hard shit in college, right? Mm-hmm. So if you're an NFL pro- – or if you're a QB prospect, a possible NFL prospect, I know it's, like, in your best interest to be, like, sit out games, right? Like, you know, pull the NBA route where you, like, go to the G League – right, for a year, you don't really play anybody, and then you show up, right, if you're going to be a top five pick or whatever. But if you're in, like, that four-star range and you want to make the NFL, why are you going to an Ohio State? Why are you going to a, a Michigan? Go to a smaller school that has a good QB coach and try to, and try to you know, work your way, like, the hard way. Learn the right way how te- people have done this in the past, right? You know, the Brett Favre came from Southern Miss, right? Like these guys come from out of fucking nowhere. They have to like grind out of the damn mud to get there, right? And so there's mm-hmm. in football, there's a bit of like if you can overcome the adversity, like people see that and they reward you for it. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, Michigan, Indiana. So we watched this game pretty much from start to finish. Um, yep. First half was was a little wonky. A little wonky, yeah. yeah. Michigan to be able to (laughs) to be able to go into halftime tied after what transpired in the first two quarters, I think spoke to one how much better Michigan was than Indiana. Two, yeah, um, that they were able to answer some adversity in weird places. I know people talk about refs and da 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 da, but. The referees were were literally 
making wrong procedural calls, like, like, like extending drives, yeah. unsportsmanlike for smelling your finger. Like people do that in almost every game, right? There was a <laughs> there was an Indiana sub. Yeah, you're supposed to allow the other team to sub if you do that. The referees did not stop the ball. Yeah, and then called them for 12 men on the field. Yeah, and like just just yeah. small stuff like that. It's just like, okay, what are we doing here? Yeah, I I saw a post game thread that was like Indiana Michigan fans like the shaking hands emoji. The refs are terrible. Yeah, it was really bad. And true, it, it was really really bad. Um, all game, and honestly, it it made me ready for basketball season because I'm sure the <laughs> Big Ten refs are also going to suck ass in the in, in, in Big Ten basketball. Bobrovsky's so, gone. Bo is gone, right? Yeah. And Ed O'Neill is too. I know, but they're going to replace him with somebody that's younger and just as stupid. <laughs> no faith. I have zero faith in the Big Ten officiating crews, but. Yeah, no, it was it was particularly bad this game. I will tell you as an IU fan, I enjoyed getting the other side of um the coin flip. But you know, usually when we play big teams, Indiana gets the other side, right? Mm. Where every call marginal goes against us, and we're like, Well, looks like Ohio State's gonna lose or beat us by another twenty points because they're playing <laughs> we're playing twelve on eleven. <laughs> sucks. But um no, I, I, you know, that's kind of what kept us in the first half for sure. Um, extended some drives. The two blocked field goals ended up being pretty big at the end of the day, especially Michigan's for for especially for betters. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sports betters, but and, um, and, you know, and once, these were like these weren't like some fifty yard tries. They they no, were like a few yards close. out. Yeah, I think I I think Indiana missed like a twenty nine yarder, twenty twenty mm-hmm. thirty yarder. Like yep. it, they were they were you know decent distance, but they were not they weren't far, right? They're not fifty five yarders, right? Right, exactly. So, so that that was just weird. And then uh you know, third quarter Michigan still came out, they had a game plan, they kinda like controlled the game from the third quarter on, but yeah. it's really once the fourth quarter hit that Michigan was just like, all right, we're we're done. Like we're done playing games here. And they just started they just started to enforce their will. They're like, I, I don't want this to even be close. I, I don't think JJ McCarthy had was twenty eight for three oh four twenty eight thirty six for three oh four three touchdowns. I didn't even feel like he had like a great game. He was like, chilling. I don't, I don't, he was chilling. He was just chilling. I, I thought it was Blake Corum who looked special at times. You know, I he was bottled up for a lot a lot of the, the first half, but then in the second half, he really imposed his will, yeah. um, had a couple really, really big runs. Um, and then I, I thought Ronnie Bell coming back from injury looked fantastic. Like Schoonmaker as well. Like the, the playmakers that you guys have are so much better than I use. The, the talent difference is crazy. The defense was actually getting pressure this game. It made your, you know, Michigan's defense look better, especially in the second half. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited to see what Michigan does from here, from here. Again, there's a lot of growth needed for Michigan. You guys are not go- right now. If Ohio state and Michigan play right now, Michigan is losing that game. Okay. Yeah, I know you guys are going to hate sure. to hear that. You for are sure. losing that game. If you play right now. So you guys, as a Michigan fans, cause I'm assuming there's more Michigan fans listening to this right now than, than any other fan base. Um, 
you have a lot to fix. Like, I think the defense has to become more, more um, dynamic. You need to force more turnovers. I think there, there needs to be more uh, uh, movement along the defensive line. You need to like more stunts, more, more like looks at the uh, opposing offensive line. Cause it worked this game. It's going to work in other games as well. Um, and then JJ McCarthy, just, I know he was just a game manager this game, right? He kind of was just sitting back there chilling. He needs to be the game changer that you guys all expect him to be because you have a game manager sitting right behind him. You did not promote <laughs> JJ McCarthy to manage games. You promoted JJ McCarthy to win you games, right? right? And this game, he did not win the game. He just kind of did what was needed to be done. He didn't have to throw, he didn't force throws. He didn't have to do anything, right? But I think there's going to be big games, whether it's against Penn State in a couple weeks, whether it's against Michigan State, who are going to give you their best shot, or it's the bit, it's the game, right, in November. And you guys are probably one and two and going into that game, right? You guys are going to need him to beat that Ohio State secondary. So yeah. JJ's got to show me in the next six games that he can do that, at least one game. Just, just one or two games where he just shows out, falls out, and shows why he was picked over Cade um, after the first couple games. They were really conservative with his play calling too. Um, he's like he's not even pulling on RPOs. No, 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 not yeah. not the repass. But he is on on like any type of like read option. Um, read options. Read, he's just yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not pulling even when the the defensive read is for him to keep he's just not he's just not pulling ever i think whenever he does quote unquote pull i think it's called um or i think he does it i think he does it like pre-snap where he's like okay i'm gonna do this not like i'm gonna read it and then i'm gonna just take off um the play calling has been super vanilla, yeah. and like especially the first half, it was just everything was just deke and dunk, uh, no no creativity, running anything like that. I do think that 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 Mike Hart thing, what 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 happened with him on the sideline, I think it was a thing. huge thing for a yes. couple reasons. One, emotionally, you know, it's really hard to come back from that. It's one, two. I think that proved that Mike Hart has a lot of say in the running in the in the running game. I think he has a lot of say mm-hmm. in hey, this is where you block, this is what you do, this is what I'm calling for you to do. Da, 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 da. I think he has such he has such an impact in the run game because remember that first drive happened right. And Michigan scores easily. And then as yep. soon as that happens with with uh, Mike Hart, the running game disappeared. Like they were running into like stack boxes. They were running straight. They were going just HP dot. Like it was yeah. it was almost weird to see the game just completely flip. Um, then on then on top of that, like I think they were just trying to get to halftime. Because when they just get to halftime, I think that allowed the OCs to reconvene. Um, I believe Fred Jackson is is like an analyst on the team. So I think he was – he can't coach, but I think he was helping out a bit with the with the running backs on the side. Um, 
So I think they 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 had to switch up the logistics some yeah. just to make sure that you know we're getting back to normal. Then that's why you saw in the second half things started to pick up almost kind of how they started off, right? Um, but I think that really put a wedge in with the players, yeah. but also with the offensive coaching staff. I I agree. Um, I didn't think it makes sense why Michigan's running game kind of sucked after he went down. Yeah, he's the run game coordinator. He's not just the running backs coach, right? He's the run game coordinator. <laughs> like, this is his system. He probably knows better than anybody on the entire staff like, what they're supposed to do in the run game against what lineup versus, you know, what look the defense is giving you. Um, they probably look to him to be like, hey, we should run the ball here. What do you think we, we should run against this this formation, right? So, right. Um, you know, when he went down, obviously it was a big hit to Michigan. But, you know, kudos to him. And then also shout out Mike Hart. Apparently he's in stable condition in the hospital, so that's great news. Um, so hopefully he's back to coaching as soon as possible. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Hope, hope he's back and good to go. Um, let's move to Purdue, Maryland. Um, did you see the end of this game? I did not see the end of this game, but I heard it was, it was wacky. wacky. So Maryland was down eight, right? 31, 23 Maryland yep. comes out and they, uh, and they end up, uh, they end up scoring like really late. Like I'm talking, man, like they scored with like, with like, was it like a minute? Was it like a minute left in the game? I want to say. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I think they scored with 40 yeah, seconds okay, left. Okay, yeah. They scored with 40 seconds left, right? And then they needed a two-point conversion to tie the game. I believe they got it, but there was an infraction. But there was an infraction. Yep. So they had to redo it um, after they lose some downs, and they failed to get the two-point conversion to tie it up, and they end up losing at home. That's really bad loss for Maryland, in my opinion. It's a really bad loss for Maryland? Yeah. It's really bad loss, especially if they're trying to keep pace and, like, really sneak into – because they could have still snuck into a Big Ten East type of showdown in the last two weeks, in my opinion. Like, they could have really, like, snuck into one. A lot like Penn State did in 2016, can, right? All they did was just keep winning, keep winning. Yep. They got some nice losses around the conference. They kept winning. Next thing you know, they're in the Big Ten champ- championship game. Maryland, they needed this win. They needed to beat Purdue because that would have put them at five and one, two and one in the conference, and they're and they're just lingering around, just waiting to see other teams knock themselves off. They've, they've, you know, they've already beaten Michigan State. They've, you know, they lost to Michigan by just on paper, just a touchdown, right? Um, so that really puts them in a yeah. nice spot for possibly a, you know, an NY6 in a few weeks. So this this game hurt, knowing that there's still Penn State in Ohio State on that schedule. Like, they had to have this game here to go to, like, a 9-3 and three, um, and, you know, be able to have a really nice season. 
Yeah, this does hurt for Maryland for sure. I, I'm just confused because I have no idea how Purdue's winning games. Like, <laughs> they, had, they had 13 total rushing yards this game, and they won the game. Like, I I don't understand. They're, they're getting so lucky. Like, they get Minnesota on the one week where Ibrahim's out, right? Yeah. They, get, they get Minnesota that week. And then this week, they get Maryland, and they somehow squeak with the fucking skin of their teeth out of this game with a win. Um, they so, could be 6-0 and right now. They could be 6-0. and They could be 6-0. and They could also inversely be 1-5. and so, <laughs> That's facts. That's all facts. That they, they should have lost to FAU at home. They also should have lost to Maryland. And they probably – what, if, now, they'll replay the, if they were to replay that game with a healthy Minnesota running back room, they'd probably they'd lose, lose that, that game. game too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. For sure. But Purdue's in a really nice spot coming into the season. I said Purdue has the easiest schedule. They, they still have the easiest one. And it's insane. Their rest of their schedule was so nice. What the? And they just played. The, and they just played their second Big East, second Big Ten East team, who happens to be, in my opinion, the fourth best on the East, right? So they, so they beat, so they lost to Penn State the first game, then they yep. lost, then they beat Maryland, and they have Indiana last, and they Indiana. Indiana last. So yep. if you look at that schedule, very doable, very doable. Uh, extremely doable. I, I mean, I see they might have eight, nine wins this year. I, I don't think they're going to beat Illinois. Um, but, you know, they play Nebraska, Wisconsin, Iowa next three games. You think they'll games. beat Illinois? Purdue knows how to score, and Illinois' defense is really good. So Yeah, but Purdue can't stop the run. The problem is Maryland doesn't run the ball, but mm. per, Purdue can't really stop the run. And like, let's, we'll get to Illinois in a bit, but Illinois got got – one of the best running games in the country. Right. Um, and then they play Northwestern in Indiana. I think they beat both Northwestern and Indiana. So I, I, they're going to be nine and three, and they could have easily started the season one and five. So I, I... – yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing. It's, it's, you know, it just shows how important every single game is. And it's a matter of – it's a matter of just like one – it's like, you know, you know one possession – could be the difference in you having a celebratory year or you having a year where, you know, it was just, it was vastly underwhelming, you know, one possession. That's why yeah. like all these games matter. Every snap matters. Cause you have no clue how one mistake can change your entire season, your entire season. So absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Sure. Uh, let's go to uh, who's up next. Who's up next? Let's talk Wisconsin Northwestern. Wisconsin Northwestern. Uh, Pat Midge Gerald. 